0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug, sense guest. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. My Epsons tea host from last week, Tim Jensen, not joining me from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta. Tim, where are you joining us from this week?
1: Well, you could say that I'm on location here in our nation's capital of Ottawa, Ontario.
0: Are you only out there for the hot dogs, bud?
1: I got baited. I went to the Calgary Flames game the other night, and they just weren't very good.
0: Oh, but I'm sure there was other things that we could talk about in that game. But we will hold off until we get to that. All right. All right. So thank you. First of all, Tim, it's so good to have you back.
1: Yeah, it was a shame that I miss, had to miss it, but I was up uh, with Chelsea's grandparents at Edmonton.
0: I was going to ask, how was your Thanksgiving, sir?
1: Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah, I was surprised that they're still able to get around and uh, make a pretty mean turkey. So that was awesome.
0: Yo, know, did they deep fry, barbecue, stove? What did they do? Uh,
1: just a traditional cook.
0: Okay, have you ever tried uh, bar? Not barbecuing. You ever tried deep frying a turkey?
1: One of my buddies did that this time around, and he said it was very good. Like uh, he posted a video of throwing the turkey in a heated up trash can, and I was just like, "Oh, that actually looks really good."
0: <laughs> I've tried it, man. It is really good.
1: Hmm. I imagine it just locks in all of the moistness of the dark meat. That sounds it, it awesome. It really does. Yeah, because otherwise, turkey gets kind of dry when you just cook it in the oven.
0: It does, but you I mean, you got to cook it at the right temperature and for the amount of hours.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pain.
0: Yeah, well, it's not as big of a pain as having me being the only host last week. Speaking of which, did you get a chance to listen to the music episode?
1: Uh, no, you actually sent me a tip of a tire fire, so I decided that, like, we'd let bygones be bygones.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Now, before we go into talk of the yard, can I tell you a quick story, man?
1: Oh, let's do it.
0: Okay, so, no, I had a co-worker of mine who just recently retired a couple weeks back, and so we went for her retirement dinner last night at the local white spot, uh-huh. And so I was leaving the parking lot, and there's a bit of a strip mall in the same parking lot. And there was a gentleman driving a truck. He was parked out in front of the liquor store. So I'm coming along, coming out of the parking lot, and I, I'm i right behind him. He starts backing up, and he backs right into Oh, me. no. Now, thankfully, nobody was hurt, and only the one side of my car got damaged. Are you going to
1: have to go back to Canadian Tire?
0: No, no, no! I don't need to go back to Canterbury. I do have to <laughs> meet with ICBC on Thursday morning.
1: Oh Jesus! I know. It's always fun.
0: Oh well, you know, considering the week I had, it's really the cherry on the Sunday.
1: Oh dear! What else has gone on?
0: So, as as you know, Tim, I work at a upscale private school here on Vancouver Island. Yep. So on. Fr- I'm trying to think, was it Thursday? No, no, it was Friday. So Friday afternoon, I'm working and I head over to the Sportsplex because there's a a volleyball tournament going on there that night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just get the work order to go up and clean up because we had food sent over there. Pretty basic stuff. Oh, no. So I go over there. Now, granted, I haven't done one of these cleanups in a while. It's been since, I think, our rowing regatta, which was late April. So I'm a little okay. rusty, and so the order I got was it just said, "clean up." Now by "clean up," I thought it also meant bring everything back. So, oh I'm, wow, I know. So I'm over there and I'm cleaning up and had the bus tubs and putting everything in there, and the head referee of the tournament is standing right behind me and he goes, "Uh, hey, what are you what are you doing?" So I, I turn around and I go, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Um yeah, I'm just cleaning up and taking everything away." why uh well my, my boss told me that i had to clean up today well we're not done and the thing is though is like look if this guy wasn't being such a dick about the whole thing i could have stomach it better mm-hmm. and i said okay you know what hey eh, no worries but he was just get, giving me an earful about it man
1: oh, i hate when people do that
0: yeah well it's worse because you should have just
1: put everything in the corner just to piss him off <laughs>
0: Oh, trust me, man. If I didn't want to have my job, I would have just knocked him out.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: But anyway, so go back to what I was saying, and so I'm up there, and I'm talking to the guy. Look, I'm saying, look, you know, I'm sorry my boss is telling me to have to bring thing back, because this is what I was told. And he's just, mm-hmm. like I said, being a tool, and there's an older gentleman there, and he goes, look, he's, he's just doing his job. And the re- head referee goes, yeah, he's doing his job, but he's doing the wrong job. Uh, yeah and I was just fuming I said alright you know what fine I'll bring everything back and I'll ask my boss what I have to do so and I'm in the loading bay I get back I'm in the loading bay I climb out head into the building and I ask my boss I go hey uh hey listen when you said clean up you mean bring everything back too right uh no Taylor that's not at all what I meant oh
1: yeah that's just super ambiguous though god damn
0: yeah, well, I mean, it's like I mean, I mean, I mean, sure, you could relate, right? When we were kids, our parents told us by hmm. clean up it meant put everything away too.
1: I think that's what most people mean. Like, if you tell someone to clean, you usually specify if you want things left.
0: Yeah, but you know, you know, it, it was my bad. I didn't read the the sheet properly because it just says set up and clean up. Uh, okay so you know had to go back tail between my legs and by this time i was i you know i was fuming when i came back but i was laughing about it i'm like you know what it's not the end of the world and so i bring everything up and the other referee who is a brettwood employee and mm-hmm. she looks at me and she goes oh, oh it's good that you brought everything back and i go yeah you know it's eh, you know my bad sort of deal And we, we laughed about it huh but anyway
1: yeah so that's been Don't know what team. they're so hoity-toity about. Volleyball's not even a real sport.
0: Oh. Well, there goes all the our volleyball listeners, Tim. All two. Yeah, there you go. See? Episode one, you pissed off the <laughs> Hartford Whaler listeners. Now you pissed off volleyball fans. Damn. Stay tuned for episode four. What fan base is Tim going to piss off next?
1: Eh, probably the Chargers.
0: Fair enough. So, Tim, let's segue into a little segment that, well, hopefully I'm not going to be fuming over. This little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. So, to start off Top of the Hour, i got to give two really quick shout-outs. First of all, the Calgary Flames. They won their first game in Anaheim since 2004 this past week. The record 29 straight games, including playoff games.
1: Wow. That's kind of really impressive.
0: Oh, but that even gets better, bud. The Vegas Golden Knights won their first home opener versus the Arizona Coyotes 5-2 to make them the first expansion team to go 3-0 to start their season. At the time of this recording, they beat the Bruins. I think they're playing the Bruins either today or yesterday, so that makes them at 4-1. Four, mm-hmm. four and, and, fun little fact, Although, Tim, the Vegas yep. Golden Knights are the first expansion team since... 1992 Ottawa Senators win their first game Hey, alright Alright, got some elite Although, comedy there, bud
1: I was I was hoping the Coyotes would do better They've had a brutal start and god damn. Yeah, wow
0: Oh my god, I mean You know, it isn't funny, eh The teams that we were pumping their tires in the offseason Are all doing shit right out of the gate
1: Except for you and your Jets
0: No, that's just Steve Mason
1: Yeah, true.
0: So anyway, let's get into our first NHL story. Now, the NHL and NHLPA are discussing the possibility of scrapping the All-Star Game. Now, this, of course, is is coming off the league. The league has a desire to want to grow the game overseas, and and scrapping the All-Star Game in favor of this kind of makes sense, given, and I don't have the stats to back it up, that... Ratings for the All-Star Games have not been that high over the past several seasons, and really, when I read this, I thought, oh wow, it's because maybe they're reacting to the fan reaction they got from the players not going to the Olympics.
1: Well, the All-Star Games, with the exception of the year that people trolled John Scott into it, have just been really boring. Because, like, it's in the middle of the season. There's really nothing to play for. The players don't really care that much.
0: No, it's sort of like the Pro Bowl in football, the NBA All-Star game. It's sort of like that. And I know as a fan, personally, like, I don't watch baseball. I don't watch basketball. But when it comes to the All-Star games, the one thing I always like were the home run derbies, the three-point challenge, the slam dunk competitions were amazing when Vince Carter was just killing everyone in the early 2000s. Hmm. But even the Pro Bowl. Like, I'm a football fan. I don't even watch the Pro Bowl.
1: Yeah. Well, the NHL has nothing like those. Like, sure, they've got, like, hardest shot and skating around the link, But compared to, like, dunk contests, that's kind of boring.
0: Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to dunk a puck on ice.
1: Well, like, I guess if you have, like, the crazy shootouts with Ovechkin with three sticks, that's cool. Yeah. But it's kind of a one-trick pony.
0: Yeah, it is, and even as a hockey fan, like, I don't care about the All-Star game itself. It was a little bit different when I was younger when guys like Ray Bork and Pavel Burry and these guys were playing, but nowadays, like, I just don't have the desire to watch the All-Star game. I will watch the skills competition because I think that's kind of cool, but like you said, it is a one-trick pony.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess the one exception in recent years was the 2016 All-Star game where, as I mentioned, John Scott ended up in there, and you could tell he was having the time of his life, so it was actually fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and now they're making a because movie there was
1: a, it. Yeah, like, there's a guy who cared, and then everyone else started to care.
0: I got nothing more to say on this, Tim. Do you want to go to the next story?
1: Uh, maybe. I guess I just have one potential suggestion. Maybe get some HL guys up there. Yeah? It might make it more interesting, just because you have those you give some guys a chance to just play against elite competition and they'll look good just because they're the ones caring. Or maybe get like uh, the CHL All-Star team to play against an NHL All-Star team.
0: Yeah, that, that could be cool. hmm So, Tim, now that we've got that out of the way, now, usually, as you know, that we keep the Ottawa Senator stories till the end of top of the hour— However, this one, initially, I didn't really want to include because it was just a rumor, but the more that Darren Drager talks about it, the more I'm like, ah, for fuck's sakes, all right, I guess we got to talk about it. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, TSN's Darren Drager reported that on October 6th, Ottawa Senators were hesitant to give Kyle Turris a new contract, and that the possibility of trading him is possible. Now, it really depends on... What side do you ask? Because if you ask the Ottawa side, like Pierre Dorian, he says that contract talks are still healthy and we're still talking to Kyle. If you talk to guys like Darren Drager or some of these reporters, they're thinking, oh, well, there's no way Ottawa's going to keep Kyle Turris. So I got to ask, where do you stand on this whole Sins contract situation with Kyle Turris?
1: Darren Drager has been known at times to have a bit of a fanciful imagination. Um, He's not Steve Simmons bad. Um, I'm not sure there's anything here. Um, But the Senators have been known to lose franchise players in the dumbest of ways. So on the other hand, it's something you can't completely ignore.
0: True. But do you feel that this is possibly a result of Ottawa having so much depth on centre when you have Derek Brizard, Logan Brown, Colin White, guys like that, and also you've got Mark Stone and Eric Carlson in their final contract here next season.
1: Yeah, that's, it's definitely a tough cap place to work from.
0: It is. But I I think if the Ottawa
1: Senators have another successful season, maybe the internal cap goes up and that makes things easier.
0: Maybe. If you were Pierre Dorian, would you fully load that contract where he gets all the money at the beginning and then once Contracts like Mark Stone, Eric Carlson, guys like that come into effect, the strain on the cap room isn't there.
1: That's not a terrible idea.
0: No, but yeah, because,
1: yeah, it's not like the actual cap where it's averaged. It's the Ottawa Senators need money cap.
0: Yeah, and I feel Ottawa. Like they might be
1: able to do something.
0: True, but Ottawa should be like the Chicago Blackhawks in you got to spend money to make money, and I don't feel that Eugene Melnick has done that over the years
1: well I don't think he has the money
0: well maybe he should sell off a few of his few of his things to give some money back to the sins.
1: yeah it's definitely tough
0: so Tim now that you, since you didn't listen to last week's episode you didn't hear me talk about Jack Eichel's new contract of 80 million over eight seasons Well, Jack Eichel's back in the news this week. He made some comments regarding Buffalo's losing ways. He stated it in an interview that he is sick of losing. Now, this is obviously coming off the Buffalo Sabres starting 0-3-1. Now, here's my opinion on it. And I know everybody on Twitter is just blasting Jack Eichel regarding this. Now, I personally feel he's trying to spark a change in the culture of the Buffalo Sabres by saying this. And... He's now in a position to do that now that he's there long-term. He's not going anywhere. And now he's going, hey, you know what? I'm here long-term. We've got a change of perception where losing is not accepted here in Buffalo.
1: Honestly, that's... I don't really care that he said it. Like, post-game interviews are usually kind of bad anyway. So I don't mind that he's willing to be candid and said, hey, I'm tired of this.
0: Yeah, what do you make... Sorry, what do you make of all the people on Twitter and...
1: Basically, oh, just people cares? on social
0: media. I know, but I don't know. I just think... People are going to have
1: dumb opinions.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think it's all stupid. I think, you know what? If you can't see what I just said right there, then your opinion isn't invalid.
1: Well, it's like the people who say that Dale Tippett was a good coach in 2016 after he had had three losing seasons and embarked on another one.
0: Yeah, but I mean he was also has a track record as GM too. Mhm. So Tim Yeah, it's uh sorry. Now Tim, as Ottawa fans, I'm sure that you have heard people say that we're a bad fan base and that we can't sell out the Canadian Tire Centre. Well, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens not selling out their home opener versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Boy, this is oh, made me kitty. Oh, this made me feel so good when I saw this. Like now you know what it's like.
1: Yeah. Well, like, now we excuse, just need the Air right? Canada Center. Sell... Uh-oh.
0: Pardon? Like what's their excuse, man? Unlike us, they have a downtown arena.
1: Oh, their excuse is their shit.
0: I can't I I really don't have any answer for that, man. That's such a good answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's true. Like uh if you go through even the last 15 years, every time the Montreal Canadiens have iced a bad team, they stop selling out. It's not like the Leafs where they can throw out a team with Nick Antropov on the top line and sell out.
0: Yeah, but Toronto also has a lot of corporate sponsors. And well, Montreal
1: so- does too. Like, you have to remember that Montreal is, uh, like, it's a tech city and a finance city in its own right. Like, uh, the Canadian option like the Toronto Mercantile Exchange is hosted out of Montreal. So it's not like there's no corporations in Montreal either.
0: Well, and we also can't forget that the Molson family owned the halves at one point too. Don't they still own them? Are are they still the owners? I thought no.
1: I believe the Molson family still owns it.
0: No, right, okay. That sorry, I thought they had sold it. No, that's fine. But oh that made me giddy when I saw that. <sighs> Feels so good, doesn't Unfortunately, it? Unfortunately, yeah,
1: it feels good, but I think they did end up selling out in the, at the last minute.
0: Now, you and I were talking about this. Do you Did you find out what the seating capacity is percentage-wise for a sellout? Because I said 85.
1: No, I didn't find out, but recorded attendance was equal to max attendance. So it was a sellout.
0: Are they going off reported, not exact numbers?
1: They're going off reported, yeah. Oh, okay. Which is how the NHL always rolls.
0: Ah, okay. So let's talk about the Colorado Avalanche. Now, you are aware oh, who dear. Peter Forsberg is, correct? Yep. So, Peter Forsberg, former Colorado Avalanche Hall of Famer, he spoke out this past week regarding Matt Duchesne, stating on this situation with the whole Duchesne holdout, he says, I would have put him on the bench and traded him. Now, at the time of that statement, Matt Duchesne had three points. He had one goal and two assists in three games. And personally, I think Peter Forsberg's comments are directed towards the wrong person. I think it should be more directed towards general manager Joe Sakic.
1: Yeah, well, I feel the biggest thing is Forsberg's comments just aren't really warranted. Like, Duchesne has been nothing but professional throughout this whole situation. And he, he's, he's part of the—he's been playing well enough— Given what Colorado pieces there are in Colorado, so yeah, it's it was weird criticism. Yep. and honestly, I hate that term distraction because there it's only very rare situations where that's actually the case.
0: Yeah, well, I said to somebody online one time, I said, you know, and they were blasting Matt Duchene, saying, "Oh, look at this guy! What an entitled hockey player he is!" And I'd be like. No, he's not entitled. He's just sick of the bullshit that Joe Sakic has put the Avalanche through.
1: Hmm. Yeah, like last year was it was ridiculous. The coach left like after the last day of preseason. Like it was absurd.
0: You mean Patrick Waugh?
1: Patrick Waugh just walked out the door.
0: Oh yeah, because he has never been known to rage quit at all.
1: Yeah, like it was. I I can't. Like that team was just a shit show year to. Like beginning of year to end of year.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, look, expansion teams do bad, but that was just worse than even even worse than an expansion team.
1: Like it was on par for. I think they had a fairly close record with the expa- like the Atlanta Thrashers in their early years. Like it was it was bad.
0: Yeah, and those early Thrasher teams were just brutal.
1: Yeah. It makes me realize, like, even though the league didn't give Vegas that much support, still more than those, like, those early 2000s expansions teams got.
0: Hell, even the early 90s expansion teams, too. Yeah. Speaking of avalanche pieces, Tim, now I know you wanted to talk about the Nathan McKinnon.
1: Oh, this is brutal.
0: Now, can I just say my theory on this? It was Jeff from Kelowna. Fucking guy, I knew it.
1: God damn.
0: Thanks a lot, Jeff. You blew it.
1: Yup. Yeah. But yeah, Wayward Strick from Derek Grant, uh, Senator's Connection there, actually, uh, ends up in the eye of Nathan McKinnon.
0: Now, I didn't see the video. What exactly happened to him?
1: Uh, like, sticks are getting tied up at, in and around the net, and a stick comes up from it. I haven't really seen a clear camera angle, but you can it goes right into McKinnon's eye.
0: Okay, so it's not like what... Happened to Brian berard when Marian Hosa swung at him.
1: Yeah. It's more like the Manny Malhotra accident.
0: Didn't he get hit by... Was it a stick or a puck he got hit with?
1: I thought it was a stick, which is what did all the damage.
0: I mean, granted, it's been such a while since that happened, I can't even remember.
1: Yeah. Like, Malhotra came back, but he was never as good at face-offs as he was.
0: Nope. No, he was not.
1: Yeah, I think Nathan McKinnon made a quick recovery, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But you have to think that uh, we're going to be seeing full visors or cages coming in.
0: I was going to say, weird... isn't, sorry, isn't it uh, mandatory for NHLers to wear visors now?
1: Yeah, but it's like a half visor, so it's not like a so sticks can still come up under the visor, right? Right. Although, the the interesting thing is people who coach minor hockey have noticed that uh, since cages were mandatory, uh, people have been less careful with high sticks. So it might not be a perfect solution, especially if the cage allows for a stick butt to go through.
0: Yeah, but I feel that they should look at how they handle it in college hockey with the full masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, if you see it, they uh, have a is... full mask. You you don't hear too many injuries, Regarding sticks to the face, and that's because you have the mask. No, there are the isolated incidents like, oh, what the heck is that guy's name? Uh, they did the E60 thing on him where he got paralyzed.
1: Don't know him. Did he get speared?
0: No. uh He was going into the corner and he went to hit and he lost his balance and went head first into the boards. So, Tim, the next story we're going to talk about, the NHL has announced they have interest for expansion into Houston, Texas. Now, oh, Houston, that's cool. Yeah, Houston as an expansion team makes sense as Houston is in the fourth biggest TV market. The city has a building ready for hockey, the Toyota Center, and there's also a billionaire owner in place, and it is Tillman Fertitta, who just became the owner of the NBA's Houston Rockets in and September. And wants another team. Yeah, but the only thing that doesn't make sense of having yet another team in the Western Conference is that you would have to realign the conferences for to make it
1: 16-16. No, you wouldn't. The Western only has 15.
0: Well, it doesn't make sense. Isn't uh, Vegas 16 in the West?
1: No, because there was only four. Yeah, Vegas was 15 in the West because it was 14-16 East-West.
0: Oh. Why did I, th- why yeah, did I so... think Vegas was in the West?
1: Vegas is in the west. Oh. So now it's 15-16 west-east.
0: Shit, I'm confused now.
1: Yeah, so they need a an extra western team to make the numbers nice.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So Houston would fit the bill.
0: Okay, I was just really con- really confused why they wouldn't put another team in the east to make it 16-16. But if you're saying the way you just said it, then yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. then. So what are your thoughts on yeah, this, Yeah, no. Dude?
1: Houston's would be a per. It would be a very good place to put it because uh, a lot of people, a lot of people move to Houston, so you wouldn't have some of the problems of like Arizona.
0: And you would have the Battle of Texas too with the Dallas Stars.
1: mm Hmm. Although Houston's another city that's had issues keeping sports teams. How so? Well, they lost the Houston Oilers uh, of the NFL.
0: That is true. However, the NFL made, up, made it up to them back in 2002 with the expansion. With the of the Texans, Texans, yeah. Who are, boy, they are really beaten up at the moment as we speak.
1: That team, oh, like the weird thing about the Texans is they're always well built, but they always get really injured.
0: True. And they also can't draft a quarterback worth of shit either.
1: Yeah, they haven't Although had a good quarterback Sean since Watson looks pretty 20. Good. Yeah, they haven't had a good quarterback since 2012.
0: Man, has it really been that long?
1: Yeah, since they went, I think they got to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, but
0: okay, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think back. I'm like, did, did they? Did they?
1: But yeah, it's. Uh... But then again, Houston's kept its baseball team quite well, and its NBA team.
0: Yeah, but you also also got to factor in with the Houston flood that just happened earlier this year. Do you think that might mm. affect it a little bit?
1: I don't know, because Houston, a lot of money still pours into Houston, even with low low oil prices. Right. So I think uh, the stadium, which is privately owned, will uh, be able to repair itself quite quickly.
0: And we also can't forget that the owner of Houston Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, had a hand in the Houston Texans, the Astros, who are, I think they're at the moment one or two games or two wins away from the World Series. And now mm-hmm. he's the majority owner of the Houston Rockets, so it wouldn't surprise me if he has a hand in the Houston NHL team, too. Because they've been talking about putting a team there for years now.
1: Yeah, and he says himself that he wants to be aggressive in getting it. Yeah. And uh, he's been a, like, Houston is a great sports city, so I don't see why hockey doesn't have a chance.
0: And you'd have a great ambassador in J.J. Watts, who's a huge hockey fan from Wisconsin.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I'd love to see a Houston team. Yeah, either that or Seattle.
0: I w- yeah, I would say Seattle myself, but you know that's still a few years away at the moment, so we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Just West don't Coast take our claims. Ooh, don't even. We went there last. We went there the first episode. Let's move yeah. on. Speaking of the West Coast tip, Roberto Luongo, who is now with the Florida Panthers, tied Curtis Joseph, fourth all-time in wins this past week. Uh, I don't have the stats yeah. whether or not he passed him or not. And I was saying this to a coworker of mine. Like, if you were to tell me Curtis Joseph is fourth all-time in wins, I would have never believed you because I always, like, and this is just me, I always felt Curtis Joseph was one of those overrated goalies in the NHL. Despite the it's fact also he...
1: because Curtis Joseph it just played so much. I think he's actually like first or second in losses.
0: That is true. So it's I like think, a double-edged sword. Yeah, I think he's top, he is top three for sure in losses. But I always felt... And it's not just because he played on the late 90s or the 2000s Leafs. But I just felt like he played on all these good teams, but he was never the guy who could step up in the big situation. And even in the 2002 Olympics... In that first game when we lost to Sweden 5-2, to and he got pulled from Artan Brodeur.
1: Yeah, like, he just, he isn't the guy.
0: No, and the only time I ever thought he wasn't an overrated goalie was his couple of seasons with the Oilers. <laughs>
1: but then, didn't he get overshadowed by Dwayne Rollison or am I thinking of a different period of Oilers?
0: Uh, late 90s.
1: Late no, 90s, because okay. because
0: uh, the 98 season ended, Cujo signed with the Leafs. Right. So, Tim, we only got one trade to talk about. The Philadelphia Flyers trade, Dustin Tokarsky for future considerations. Now, I didn't look into what those considerations were, so I hope you have... You will been. never know. You will never know. Okay. So, Dustin Tokarsky is going to the Anaheim Ducks. Tokarsky was 17-8-1 for the American Hockey League's San Diego Gulls in the 2016-2017 season.
1: So, it was like he was already part of their system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, is, so sorry. much
1: for that vaulted Montreal Canadiens goalie system.
0: Yeah, well, you know, there's well, Dust, Dustin Tokarsky, Mike Condon, Al Montoya.
1: Al Montoya wasn't even produced by that system.
0: No, but he's a part of it.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember Dustin Tokarsky. he appeared in those, that playoffs. He played okay, and then didn't he just kind of fall off a cliff? Yeah. Or did he get jumped by Condon?
0: I can't remember. I th- I want to say he got jumped by Condon, but I can't remember at the moment.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess it also just goes to show just how deep, how shallow the Hab system has become too.
0: Yeah. But I mean, we talked about that during the summer, right? We said, oh, I don't, we don't know why they're making all these deals because they are so shallow in so many areas.
1: It's probably the death throes of a team that doesn't want to rebuild.
0: Well, why would you want to rebuild when you got Carey Price, right?
1: Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's like the sorry Vancouver finally admitted they had to, and I imagine Montreal's not that far away.
0: Yeah, and we will talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Now we got to go into talk about the three games we're going to talk about: the Vancouver Canucks, Calgary Flames, and Edmonton Oilers. Oh, road trip! But first. Let's hit the music. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Tim, we got to start talking about the West Coast road trip, and we are going to start in the dimly lit cavern of Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia. Senators versus Van- Vancouver Canucks, three to two sends shootout victory. Sens goals are scored by Cody Ceci, Ryan Dezingle. And the shootout goals were scored by Kyle Turris and Mark Stone. For the Canucks, goals were scored by Chris Tanev, Thomas Vanek, and in the shootout, Marcus Granlin. Now, coming into this game, Vancouver's 1-3-1 in their last five meetings versus Vancouver. Overall, I thought, for the first 10 minutes, fast-paced, tight checking. Solid game overall. And now I was really shocked by that, that the Canucks really held their own in this game. Now... The Canucks at times in this game, they did outplay the Sens despite we outshooting them 42-28. One
1: thing I noticed was the Canucks came on really hard early on the game. But then they started to really fall off. And if it wasn't for an excellent performance in net, I feel like Ottawa would have run away with this game. Craig, like as the game I went on, it, it became very clear that the Canucks are not a good team.
0: They're not, but I mean, I've upgraded them from a total dumpster fire to hot garbage. Kind of like last week's episode.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure because, well, I guess they've won a game, so that's more than some teams.
0: Yeah, but even watching them, and it wasn't like last year's Willie Desjardins teams where they were just sort of slow and bumbling, whereas Travis Green's Canucks are a little more fast-paced, a little more speed-based... And even though like the Canucks are going to be garbage, let's not kid ourselves, but I feel they are going to be a little bit more exciting than last season.
1: Actually, I think I can give them that. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about, and this is going to be a consistent theme uh, throughout this week, is Cody CeCe's been a lot better.
0: Man, I can't believe when I saw Cody CeCe in these three games, because Cody CeCe last season, as we talked about, has been the Sins since Twitter's whipping boy. And, since and for good him, reason. Him and Mark Borvieski have been playing great so far. So, it only begs the question, is Johnny Oduya the new whipping boy for the Sens Twitter?
1: Well, we haven't really seen Johnny play.
0: We haven't, and <laughs> be, the fact that they're yeah. keeping Shabbat out of the lineup for him, I think is more than enough reason for Sens Twitter to jump on him.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a weird contract situation. I really hope they don't trade a guy like Chris Weidman, who's also really coming to his own lately.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with this play. One guy yeah, who I was like, also really impressed with is Craig Anderson. Now, I thought he played great in this game. And even Jacob Markstrom, who, despite his early struggles, I thought he was pretty decent in this game as well.
1: Well, he only led in 38... Sorry, he had a 38-save game, which is phenomenal to only let in two go- two goals.
0: Yeah, and the goals weren't... Well, except for the first by Cody Cece, which made it one nothing. Sens, was, it was a real softie, and I feel... Markstrom really... I mean, he didn't have much to do on that. He made the save, but the puck bounced out of the back of him and went in.
1: Ugh, yeah. Yeah, it was just... I felt like the Sens came in, played a pretty good road game, and you could tell they found the weaknesses of the Canucks lineup as the game went on. Yeah. Yeah, the power play was still an atrocity.
0: Oh, it, I mean, look, the power play was brutal. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the fact that we went, what, 0-20? 0 Yeah. Before we scored a power play goal? Mm-hmm. But you know what, Tim? Like, there's a few guys in the Canucks who played really well. For, one of them was Chris Tanev. He tied it 1-1. With a wrister from the point, and he did so while we're in Merrick Malik's old number eight. Ooh. Another guy who was also really good for Vancouver. Former Buffalo Saber Thomas Bannock scored to make a 2-1 Canucks, and he did so while we're in Ryan Shannon's old number 26. Yes, everybody at home, he is a former senator as well.
1: Ryan Shannon was such an odd case.
0: He was, for both teams.
1: Yeah, like, I think one team was expecting him to be very good. And then the Sens were expecting him to be, like, a third-line checking player, and it just never really worked.
0: Yeah, they really didn't know what to do with Shannon. He was sort of, like, in Vancouver with Mason Raymond. They just... He had some talent, he was quick, but they didn't know what to do with him.
1: Yeah, and then it's... I think it was a similar story with Peter Schaefer as well.
0: It was. Also... Played for both Vancouver and the Ottawa Senators, too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know who also did that, too? Who? Sammy Sallow.
1: I always forget about that. It's such a weird connection. Sammy
0: Sallow. we traded him to Vancouver for Peter Schaefer. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Ryan to Zingle with a little tic-tac-toe played by JGP and Bobby Ryan to tie it at two. It was a really nice goal, too, that he scored in that.
1: Yeah, it's like he's gone and forgotten all the things Eric Condra's taught, taught him in these three games. It's honestly phenomenal.
0: Well, apparently he didn't unlearn how to not take a high stick to the face, which happened to him by <laughs> Derek Dorsett. Now, Tim, with the job that I have, I'm actually trained as a level two first aid attendant. Not bragging or nothing. And I was mm-hmm. watching him watching Dzingle on the bench with the trainer holding his nose. And I'm watching that, and I'm thinking, you know what? It would be more, much more effective if you pinched it just below the bridge of the nose, not at the nostril.
1: Maybe he's doing it on purpose.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just doing it on purpose to piss me off. And I'm like, no,
1: you're doing no, no, it no, wrong, no, guys. Grab it at I the mean, bridge. I mean, maybe he wants it to, you know, bleed a little easier.
0: Why am I not the sense trader, Tim? I could do so, such a bad <laughs> So, Tim, let's, you talk gotta about apply. To- yeah, let's talk about Thomas Chabot. Because for what ice time he got in this game, I thought he played pretty well. I didn't really notice him out there. Un- for un- unless there's a few, couple of shifts that I noticed him. Other than that, I didn't really notice him out there.
1: I noticed. I find what I noticed Chabot, it's very rarely a bad thing. It's usually he's somehow find, found himself some space. And I think that's his best skill is he's so good at finding these weird spaces you wouldn't think were possible and then just driving to them and then dishing the puck out to someone who's found space now that Thomas Chabot has opened it up.
0: What do you think of Christian Jarro's in this game? Because I also didn't think he was really noticeable, except there was a big hit he put on the Canucks. And I don't have which player he hit on that.
1: One thing I noticed about Jaros is he makes very good pinching plays. He does. Like, he's very good along the boards, which is somewhere where the Ottawa Senators have been weak.
0: I, I was, in, I'm I still not sure why they didn't play him right at the beginning of the season, right? Because we don't have much depth on right-side defense because we started the season without Eric Carlson, so we had CeCe, Wideman And it was like a combination of Shabbat, Borvieski, and Odui, I believe. Harper. No, Harper didn't even play.
1: Yeah, Harper got injured.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Totally forgot about that. But, yeah, I don't know why the team didn't have Christian Yaros on the third pairing.
1: Uh, It it might just be... uh reluctance to trust rookies but uh one thing i've noticed uh is you actually can earn uh, the coach's trust which is awesome
0: yeah which is what thomas Chabot has done in the few games he's played so far mm-hmm. one player i didn't mention right at the top is alex burrows who p- played his first game in vancouver since being traded to the sins back in march burrows since he's come to the sins i'm Except for his first game where he scored two goals, I really haven't noticed him out there, but I felt he played and looked really good in this game with a couple of scoring chances and was absolutely robbed blind by Jacob Markstrom with that beauty glove save.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... other. <sighs> I honestly feel like there's probably people in the Sens organization that could jump Burrows.
0: I really like that Sorry, I liked that Sportsnet played the first TV timeout where they gave the tribute to him.
1: Oh, that's nice. I thought
0: that was a classy move. Mm-hmm. We also can't forget, Tim, that SEND's blogger Trevor Shackles had a sign at the game shown on TV.
1: Hey, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's nothing like that from
0: me. Nope. But before we go on to that... Uh, let's talk about the OT because the only note I have is Craig Anderson absolutely robbing Sven Burchi on the breakaway that, which would have won it for Vancouver. But not only that, that save he made on Daniel Sedin in the final 10 seconds of overtime.
1: Oh, those were great. And it was weird because Anderson's workload had really trailed off by that point in the game. It was just Miss Ottawa made, it was just bad passes and you can't, like, in three-on-three, you're so easily victimized.
0: And we also can't forget that, like I said off the top, Ottawa won in a shootout 2-1. to Torres and Stone scored for Ottawa. Marcus Granlund scored for the Canucks. Ottawa, though, and Fucking I didn't finally. realize until the end of the game, Ottawa won their 400th road win 25 years to the day they played their first road game in their history versus the Quebec Nordiques. Wow. It was funny watching that, that clip because you see like Owen Nolan and Joe Sakic and Matt Sundin on the same team. It's like, oh sweet Jesus! I totally forgot those three guys were on the same team.
1: That must have been a freaking good team. Holy shit!
0: They did well. They made the playoffs that year, and I, th- yeah, they got upset by the Montreal Canadiens. Except Ron Hextall mm-hmm. was great in that series against the Habs. But I digress. Game two we're gonna talk about Sens versus Calgary at the Scotiabank hey. Saddle Dome. And let's not forget you and your fiance Chelsea were in attendance. We're
1: on location, yeah. It was great.
0: Gotta uh, ask, how was honestly,
1: your experience? Um, getting to the saddle dome is super easy because there's a train station right out front of it. Okay. Because the saddle right in the stampede grounds. The hot hot dogs weren't very good um i didn't eat before i went so i thought hey maybe this can rival what's at the canadian tire center pro tip can't however
0: i did happen to
1: run into some funny fellows
0: could these fellows be the traveling yoggers
1: yes they were they were just kind of hanging out in front of my section
0: really yeah are they buds
1: they're pretty cool guys yeah nice yeah, they, of course, we're shit-talking me for my Ottawa jersey, but I got some chirps back in due time.
0: Nice. I like that the Traveling Yoggers retweeted the photo I put up at Third Line Plug, by the way. Mm-hmm. I like that they retweeted that, and they've retweeted some of the comments that we made on the show's Twitter page.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, but they, they're they not following us. But I'm not oh, going to. Wow. we we'll let bygones be bygones. Mm-hmm. So go back um, to this one, game, sorry
1: Tim. Uh well, before we go to the game actually, one funny thing that was happening was uh during the second intermission, they let a chant to tr- like come let's cu- come here Amazon. It was fucking weird. Like they had this video about how great it'll be for Amazon to have their headquarters in Calgary, and then they got the crowd to do like a 2-minute fucking chant. <laughs> it was bizarre. Oh, no, that's funny. And, like, I just felt so uncomfortable, but it would look weird if we just walked off and left. Like, yeah. the guy was looking right like right into our section, and we are like, the front of the second row, so I, it seemed like he was about to call out anyone who stood up and left.
0: You should have been like, like, we're more <laughs> eBay fans! <laughs> no kidding.
1: But, like, up up to the second intermission, like, every other stoppage of play is like, remember to stay in your seats during the second intermission for our special Amazon presentation.
0: And, then you're just and, like, like no,
1: they, they had, like, footage of the mayor, footage of the team president. It was fucked. Wow. They really want Amazon.
0: Well, we'll have to see in due time if Calgary gets Amazon.
1: Yeah, it'd be cool. But that was just... It was something else.
0: Now, before we go on to talk about the games... Uh, this was a 6-0 victory for the Ottawa Senators. Goals were scored by Cody CC, Derek Broussard, Mike Hoffman on Ottawa's 21st power play of the season, Mark Stone, Ryan Zingle, and Chris Weidman, who, now I know you weren't watching it on TV like I was, Ray Ferraro, man, he pulled a Bob Cole. Oh, no. He called him Dennis Weidman. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> No, Did we get a, uh,
1: my name is Chris tweet again?
0: No, I had a look. I didn't see any.
1: Aww. Uh, the actual individual, the individual sends on Twitter are just buttes, hey?
0: No, oh, I know. Uh, that's great.
1: Like, uh, Mark thoughts fucking Twitter profile image is Harambee.
0: Yeah, that's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. hmm So before we go on to talk about this game, Tim... We had to settle a bet that we had, or should oh, I baby. say, a bet that you started, and I ended up losing. <laughs> now, would you like to present what this bet was?
1: All right. So, every game at the Saddledome, uh, that so be it lacrosse or hockey, they have a sing along. So, I proposed a bet to Taylor. We bet on what the song was going to be. We would guess the genre the artist, and the song, and whoever got the most out of those three those three correct won the bet. The loser has to say something nice about this year's Montreal Canadiens.
0: I thought it was just the Montreal Canadiens in general.
1: Oh, it's this year's Canadiens.
0: Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so I'll just present the song that I had. Now, I went Alternative Rock, Japan Droids, The House That Heaven Built... Now, I did this. Shout out Pan to the Sens College for it. It didn't win, obviously. Tim, what was the song you chose? Well, what I'm
1: going to say is you were dumb for not picking country. Hey, shut up. I went country, Garth Brooks, all that I know.
0: And what was the song?
1: It was country. Actually, I'm going to have to look this up because I don't even remember. It was some no-name country artist.
0: Okay. Can I just mention, though, that our show's Twitter was flooded with messages from you and Chelsea, who has decided to jump in on the act. She chose Sweet Caroline.
1: Yeah. She didn't... What what genre does Sweet Caroline even count as?
0: Neil Diamond? Yeah. Um... That's a good question. I would imagine. Ooh, I, I don't know. I've never actually thought about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- yeah, that was weird. But uh, yeah, let's see. I'm going to pull up the song because we said what it was. Right. Oh, More You by George Canyon.
0: George Canyon's not a no-name country artist. He's been very popular over the years. And I don't even listen to country, and I know who he is.
1: Okay, it's just Tim doesn't know anything about country. Well, neither does Tim. Other Tay. than Calgary likes it.
0: But I like the fact that your wife, Chelsea, was posting videos on our show's Twitter of you like, Hey, Tim, did you win? Yeah. Then you. Then I saw <laughs> she took a shot of you uh, tweeting at me. I was like, you fucker.
1: <laughs> no, the best one is... Now, this is actually abnormal. There was a second sing-along. Really? And it was country, Stompin' Tom Connors, the good old hockey game.
0: That's a classic. I was going to go uh, Tom Cochran, big league. Yeah? Yeah. Well, but, yeah, I guess I got to present something nice to say about the Habs, eh, Tim? Yep. Yeah. Ah oh, gee, okay, just give me a second here. Alright. <laughs> now well shit, I mean Believe me, this is a lot tougher than you think, Tim.
1: Oh, I know. Well I was trying.
0: Yeah, I know. You're a dick, by the way. <laughs> well well, I guess this, this is, for is Dave. sort of, Yeah, I guess this is sorta of topical since <laughs> Montreal's former baseball team just got knocked out of the playoffs last week. I like the fact that the 2017-2018 have retained the, the Montreal Expos Yupi as their mascot. Yeah, it's kind of cool that he's he didn't die. He's goofy, he's orange, and he makes me smile. Even though I was never a Spose fan.
1: Mhm. Was that that hard?
0: So going back to this game, Tim.
1: This is how the boys at Maple Syrup Shots felt when you wrote them their their <laughs> statements. <laughs>
0: that, that was just Dave, and you know what's funny when when I read that, when I heard that, I was just I was gutting myself. I'm like, oh man, this is so great. But it's funny because the one that Dave mentioned is not the worst one I said. The worst oh, one I geez. said was said drafting Connor McDavid. Steve Kelly has become their second biggest draft mistake. Oh. You're terrible. Dave was just like, man, I'm going to lose so many followers by doing this. <laughs> oh, man. Well,
1: hopefully he listens to this episode.
0: <laughs> Actually, he's in China at the moment, so I don't know if he... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you're not the only one who gets to travel, Tim. Yeah, no kidding. I like this guy. I don't get to fucking travel. I only get to go halfway across campus near earful by a referee. But I'd Hey,
1: guess... you're going to the Heritage Classic.
0: Fair enough. Now, go back to this game, Tim, that we still haven't talked about. Now, despite the 6 <laughs> nothing Sens score, um, I don't know if you felt this way seeing it live, but seeing it on TV, I didn't feel this game was a total one-sided domination by the Sens. And the game, I felt, was fast-paced and evenly played for the first period. Calgary started out playing us in the second, and then the wheels completely fell off of the flames in the third period with the Sens scoring four times. Um...
1: I think I'd concur with that because it's the Sens took until the 11th minute to record their first shot. Like it, the Sens like they came out, it was a, it was a rough go at the beginning, but that's typical of a road team. Right. Uh, then they played the flames pretty hard in the latter half of both periods. Okay. And the goals came off great work on both. Like both goals came off great work. And then, yeah, the, the wheels just came right off the, bus in the in the third it was weird like it was three goals before the third was halfway done
0: oh i know it was bad but the thing that we got to mention though about mike smith is none of these were bad goals except for the mark stone where smith pulled himself out of position
1: yeah but by the time that goal happened the game was over
0: yeah but i still gotta mention that right like even watching it i was like oh you know i kind of felt bad for mike on that but you know what? There's not a whole lot he can do, right?
1: No, and the weird thing was, was Mike Smith was getting no help from his defense. And the one thing I noted is even when Ottawa was getting drilled, Calgary was getting terrible shots.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, they were all terrible. from the edge.
1: Like, Ottawa, cl- Ottawa basically effectively pushed the Calgary forwards out of the slot, except for the few times where they managed to get in and get some deadly, deadly chances
0: that was the one thing I noticed is that even though Calgary had some really good chances, a lot of their chances, Calgary either couldn't get a shot off or one of our defensemen deflected it.
1: Hmm. Like that, the six, seven man defense unit played very well.
0: Now, did you notice that the refs were not letting much go in that game other than the obvious lash that Mark Giudano gave on Zach Smith in the first period?
1: Yeah. At some points, it felt a little like I felt bad for the Flames during the like uh, during the third because some of the power, some of the penalties were just super chintz.
0: Oh yeah, it was bad.
1: Like they called a face, they called faceoff violation when Ottawa was up five nothing.
0: Yeah, that's just stupid.
1: Like, I I get you want to clamp down on it, but that's that's how you get people. That's how you wreck people working on it. By just pissing everyone off.
0: What did you think of the uh, Furlan and Borvieski fight after Burrow hit Curtis Lazar into the boards? Which, it depends on certain angles you see it from on TV. It looked like he hit him from behind. But Lazar looked like he was falling before Burrow Burrow hit him.
1: Uh, I didn't see it from my angle because uh, I was at center ice. So it was a bit hard to see.
0: Okay, so, um, was, so the play itself, like, was the it fight was more stupid. towards you or away from you?
1: Uh, it, was, it happened tight into the board, so it was a bit hard to see. Oh, okay. The fight itself was stupid.
0: But you know it wasn't stupid, Tim. Ottawa's power play finally clicked in this game with Mike Hoffman and Chris Weidman scoring two power play goals.
1: hmm. It's because Sense Trip blessed it. Because the Brassard goal, you. It was initially counted as a power play goal, too.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's came, right. That was something 4-on-4, four four, wasn't it?
1: No, it happened no. right at the end of the Sens power play.
0: No, sorry. That's the Edmonton game I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that happened right at the end of the Sens power play.
0: Okay. Two guys that we were talking about last episode, last game, Thomas Chabot and Christian Yeros, I felt they were more visible in this game and both played really well. And we also got to give a really quick shout to Thomas Chabot getting his first point on the Ryan Dezingle goal.
1: Holy shit, that was a sick drive. Like, he just corralled the puck so smoothly in his own dead, and boom! What He basically just skated the whole thing, found Dez, found Dezingle, dished it, and perfect execution by Dezingle.
0: Oh, I know. It was
1: so awesome bad. to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta ask, how many sense fans were in the building that night?
1: A decent amount. We were actually sitting next to some. Really. Yeah. One thing that was funny was uh, by te- by the time Eddie Lack entered the crease, um, I'm not. I think it might have been fifty percent Flames fans, fifty percent Sense fans left in the stadium.
0: Okay. You know, Tim. It's funny that we're talking about the traveling Yogurts, and we didn't mention this was Yammer Yager's home debut for the Flames. So, how did how do you think he played?
1: He was invisible.
0: Yeah, I understand. It wasn't I understand a good he got A big cheer though when he first hit the ice. Oh, for sure. It was bigger than the
1: booze that Dion got.
0: That really became more noticeable uh, as the game progressed.
1: Yeah, they hate him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> speaking of, sorry, speaking of the Traveling Yogers did you see that video they did with Flames TV?
1: Yes. Uh, they played it before the game started.
0: I know. How awesome is that, eh? That Yarmor Yarger pops out of the back with a signed jersey.
1: Yeah, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, that's a shame. And then
1: they left him a fruit basket.
0: Speaking of fruit baskets, did Curtis Lazar ever get the one that we sent him? No. Oh, okay. I ate it. (laughs) Was it full of pears and pineapple?
1: Yeah, and I didn't get mono.
0: You know what I found out this week, Tim? What? Eric Carlson likes pineapple on his pizza.
1: Holy. Yeah, the the Senza podcast came out that night.
0: Have you heard it? I still haven't checked it out.
1: It's way too shock jock for my liking
0: really yeah like when you it's got so much like like howard stern
1: no like stupid radio shock jock like all of the stupid soundboards.
0: well it's tim that's sort of like this podcast right as we go along we're gonna introduce some sound bites
1: yeah it's not it's like we have sound bites like kind of split up the sections right
0: we do but but like this guy's just pressing like
1: fucking meme buttons like, it's a 15-minute podcast. I think he has, like, well over 50 sound clips that he just plays at random.
0: Well, It's you actually at, really bad. I was going to say, by looking at some of the teams we got to come up here in the next couple of weeks, oh, we're going to do some great sound bites, buddy. It's going to be great.
1: Oh, God.
0: So, Tim, since I had to say something nice about the Montreal Canadiens, I would like to counter... Your bet that you presented to me with a yep. bet of my own. All now, right. I got a Sens trivia question, and I and I will only answer this as correct if you can get the year and the player right. Okay. Oh dear. Okay. So as we we're talking, the Sens won six to nothing. Craig Anderson got the shutout. This is the first Sens player. To get a shutout in Calgary since blank
1: first sense player to get a shet, shutout or first in Sens Calgary. Goal, I
0: so mm. I need the player name and the year.
1: I thought you were going to go for the last time the Sens won six zero. So I had the Spezza shoot the Spezza shot, killing the water bottle teed up.
0: Nope.
1: Hmm. I'm going to guess Sugar Ray Emery, 2007.
0: You are incorrect, sir. Alright. January 9th, 2003, Patrick Laleem. Fuck. So, what do you got to say, Tim? Let's hear it.
1: What, do I have to say a nice thing about the Habs? Yep. You took the easy one, too. Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, that's what you get, motherfucker.
1: They have the most recognizable goal song. Which is? It's a song written for them, and it's fucking terrible. But, like, everybody knows it as soon as you start doing, like, the da 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 stupid shit.
0: Huh. I'll have to check that out, Tim. I don't know if I'm aware who that is.
1: I don't know who the song's by, but it's just, it's grating.
0: And, like, literally everyone
1: who's not a Habs fan hates that song.
0: Hey, everyone who isn't a Habs fan hates the Habs, too, so.
1: Is it as extreme as, oh, I've got one, actually. The 2017-2018 Habs are more liked than any Boston Bruins team.
0: Ooh. Are you you sure about that?
1: Anyone who's not a Boston fan hates the Bruins with a passion.
0: Fair enough. One more note. Like that's a
1: backhanded compliment as they come.
0: Hey man, I grew up a Bruin fan, so I'm not taking offense. (laughs) One note I gotta make though: shots were 28-25. Ottawa sends went two for seven on the power play. Flames were 0-3, and the sends were perfect on the penalty kill, three for three. Flames were five for seven on the penalty kill.
1: Actually, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting about that game is. Normally, in those sorts of blowouts, the team that's doing the blowing out usually steps off the gas, so the shots start to even up a bit, and that's called uh, that's called score effects. Those didn't come into play.
0: Nope.
1: Like that was weird.
0: Well, Tim, I got nothing more to say on the the Flames' sins game. Would you like to talk about the Oilers' and sins game?
1: I think Rat, sorry, Bonks Mullet summed this game up the best which is okay so it's road team coming off a blowout on it back to back what can go wrong first comment the oilers the oilers went wrong
0: ouch I like his but- comment that he made today about Eric Carlson he says Eric Carlson removes ankle bone out five games me with a mild cold out two to four months or something it was something like that I laughed.
1: Oh, it's so true, though. And like, you can cold. also
0: find my reply on there at Great Gibster on Twitter. I mm-hmm. said, well, let's be honest, a mild cold is much more serious than an uh, ankle bone removal. <laughs> because let's be honest, you can't die from an ankle bone removal. You could die from a cold.
1: I don't know if it's an aggressive ankle bone removal, you could die. Did you ever read Achilles? I don't think. Only vulnerable part was the ankle? Someone found it out. Cut it. He died.
0: Okay, I'm going to go Okay, This just got dark. Yeah, Let's go into this game. Not wrong. Sens versus Oilers in the city of champions of Edmonton, Alberta at Rogers Place. This one was a 6-1 to victory for the Ottawa Sens. Sens goals were scored by two by Mike Hoffman, two by Cal Turris, one by Derek Brizard, and one by Chris Weidman. And the Oilers' lone goal was Adam Larson. This was just such a total domination by the Sens in this game. The Oilers were hardly in it. Except for parts of the second period where I thought, oh, wow, they're actually in this game. Shots were 36. But then Ottawa came off. True. I mean, the shots were 36 to 31 for Edmonton.
1: Yeah, but like Ottawa, just they kind of stopped skating and they really didn't have to skate because at that point it was already 3-0, I believe. Now, granted, I missed most of this game. Because I promised Chelsea that I would stream, that I would help her stream a video game.
0: I did see your tweet about that. What game was she streaming?
1: She's playing a game, uh, a game called Doki Doki Literature Club.
0: Okay, stop me, stop me right there. Um, Doki Doki, is that sort of like what Super Mario Bros. 2 is?
1: No. Like, Doki Doki means, like, it's like the ba-boom sound what your heart makes when it's excited.
0: So it's not like uh, a sequel?
1: So- no. So Doki Doki Literature Club is this game who made by a guy who uh he used to make these really well-known tournament tournament mods for Super Smash Bros Melee. Okay. And then he disappeared for 2 years and he released this game. It's freaky as shit.
0: What kind of game is it?
1: It's a Do you know what visual novels are?
0: Graphic novels? No,
1: so it's like it's a it's basically like a it's like you're reading a book. But it's like done in like uh fun, like anime style cutscenes.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And then it's like choose your own adventure elements, so the plot branches.
0: Yeah, okay. The only game I can think of that's kind of like that is Comic Zone on the Sega Genesis.
1: Not really. Um, did you ever play? Did you ever play uh, Ace Attorney? So yeah. like uh, Phoenix Wright.
0: Heard of it, never played it.
1: Um, what else is there that has those sort of cutscenes? I'm really trying to think of what has that sort of uh, cutscene. Okay. But uh, it's it's a very Japanese style of game. Mm, but yeah. what this game does is it kind of makes fun of the format. But right. it does it in a very terrifying psychological horror kind of way. Okay. So I had played it the week before. And then one of my friends streamed it. And Chelsea's like, oh, I should play it. I'm like, okay. So I was there kind of recording her reactions.
0: You know what we should do uh, after season one ends? Yeah, We should stream like an NHL 94 or one of those hockey games for the show.
1: I know which one. And we- it's Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey.
0: Perfect. We'll have to figure <laughs> that out. Now we got to get back to this game because we've really gotten off track with video game talk. Mm-hmm. How about Mike Condon A eh, with a great performance making 35 saves? Proving my theory that if you have Condon in you don't need to pull out.
1: Damn. But, yeah, it's just Mike Condon, it's... We are saying earlier, in, like, in the offseason, that Mike Condon, it's... He's either hot or he's not.
0: Yeah, and even times last season when he was our starter, he was an 890, close to 900 save percentage at times.
1: Yeah. But for the rest of the games, he was posting, like, 0.95s.
0: Yeah, which... I mean, look, Mike Condon. He's a good starter short term, but long term, I don't see him as a legitimate starting goalie. No, he's a, he's he's the a really great backup. backup. Yeah, exactly. He's a good backup, but not a great starter long term.
1: Hmm. But there's definitely there's a spot in the NHL for that because you need a good backup, and Mike Condon is that.
0: Some people would also argue there's a place in hockey for fighting too, which Milan Lucic and Mark Borbieski got into within the first minute. Milan Lucic won this fight. Now, Dale, did you happen to see this fight at all?
1: No, I was too busy watching Chelsea get scared.
0: Okay, what parts of the game did you did you get a chance to watch?
1: Mostly just the goal highlights.
0: Okay, so more of a condensed. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of the Oilers, the only player that really came into this game was Zach Cassian, who he had a couple of really good chances but couldn't bury him. Okay. And Edmonton, you know, they got into penalty trouble, which absolutely killed them in this game.
1: Yeah, which is a sentence you didn't. Coming into this weekend, you didn't hear that Senator's punishing opponent on penalty.
0: That is true. Now, since like, you only the pen- watched the. No, go ahead.
1: I love how going into the weekend, the power play was like absolutely dog shit. And then it somehow became respectable.
0: I know. Isn't that amazing?
1: Early season's fucking weird, dude.
0: It is. Well, the fact that... And I might be wrong. Aren't we... Like... Don't we have the best record out of the Canadian teams? Or is that still Toronto?
1: No, it's still Toronto. Okay. We're tied for... I love how there's, like, a, a four-way <laughs> yeah. tie for first of the Atlantic. It's fucking dumb.
0: I know. Isn't it, like, Tampa, Detroit, us, Toronto?
1: And Toronto. But we're... We're... We lose all the tiebreaker because of our two shutout, our two shootout losses.
0: Oh, that's brutal, man. Mm-hmm. Now, since you only watched the condensed game, I'll just quickly go through the goals. Mike Hoffman scored a bad goal on Talbot, makes it one nothing Ottawa. Derek Brizard made it two nothing on a tic tac toe from Thomas Shibault and Mark Stone. Mike Hoffman snipes his second over Talbot's shoulder, makes it three nothing. Kyle Turris scores on another bad goal on Talbot to make it 4-0, which gets him the hook. Chris Weidman scores on the power play from the point to make it 5-0. Turris scores a second on a highlight reel end goal. Oh, that's a beauty. Oh, it's so good. 6-0 sins, and then Adam Larson breaks the deadlock, making it
1: 6-1. How nuts would it have been if, like, two Ottawa got two 6-0 shutouts in a row?
0: Well, the Toronto media still wouldn't give us any respect for it.
1: No, although we we have more goal in two games, we have more goals than the Montreal Canadiens do. Us and Alex Ovechkin.
0: Oh my God, Ovechkin! That guy's incredible.
1: I think he's just pissed.
0: Yeah, I like pissed off Ovechkin. He's scoring lots of goals. Yeah. Except, it's funny. Even when I was in, I'm in a fantasy hockey league, and nobody drafted him until like the third round, I believe.
1: Jesus, is it a keeper league or?
0: No, no, it's a. You could make trades. Oh, uh, okay. Well, Tim, so that's a
1: keeper league. That makes more sense.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Tim, that wraps up all the games. Now, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll head on to our close?
1: I think we could probably just close here.
0: Okay. All right. Well, since Tim doesn't want to go on a break. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. Now, before I let you go, Tim, I just have to let everybody know we are on iTunes. You can look us up, Third Line Plug Sensecast. Please rate, listen, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast, and because Dave from April Serve Shots made a mention of it, we are also on Google Play Music. Nice. Yeah, we are also on Twitter at Third Line Plug is our show's Twitter. Tim is M901 Honey Badger. I am Great White Gipster, G-R-8-W-Y-T-E, Gipster. And if you want to email the show to, to give us some feedback, talk about Tim traveling with the traveling yoggers, or you just don't want to talk about these games, you can shoot us an email, Third Line at gmail.com.
1: And if you want to play a spooky game, it's Doki Doki Literature Club.
0: And also, before we go, Tim. Do
1: you want to give uh, Chelsea's Twitch account a shout out? Yeah, Ch- uh, Chelsea's Twitch account is uh, Miko with five nines after it. Uh, yeah, she do- She's becoming a bit more active with streaming. Uh, I felt we did a pretty good job on the Doki Doki stream. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all- it only clocks in at five hours start to finish, so you can break it up over a few watches. And honestly, it's a phenomenal... Like uh, Chelsea played in. The- Chatted it up pretty well. It's fun to watch.
0: Nice. And hopefully next summer we'll have to do a stream of our own. Mm-hmm. All right. So the week ahead. We're going to start off this coming week the way we started this last. Against the Vancouver Canucks at the Canadian Tire Center on October 17th. We will then play the New Jersey Devils on October 19th. And then we close out the week with the Battle of Ontario. The Toronto Police on October 21st. All three of those games at the Canadian Tire Center. And I would like to mention, our Lord and Savior, Eric Carlson, will be returning for October 17th versus Vancouver. How excited are I you, Tim?
1: Very, but at the same time, I can't believe this is only our first game against the Leafs.
0: Well, you know what, Tim? We're going to have lots to say, hopefully, in Episode 4 next week.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I hope it's a good game. Me too. Me too. Mm -hmm.
0: until next week guys I am your host Taylor Gibson
1: and this is Tim Jensey from Ottawa
0: Go Sands guys Time it is up. They're going home.